We're going to start in again with our uh, series on uh, spiritual warfare, the weapons of God, and uh, the name of Jesus. So uh, let's open up our Bibles or just read uh, off of the uh, uh, screen for the PowerPoint presentation. Okay, Mark chapter 16, first part of verse 17. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. Also Luke chapter 10, verse 17. Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And finally, Acts chapter 16, verses 16 through 18. Now it happened as we went to prayer, a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us, who brought her masters much profit by fortune-telling. This girl followed Paul on us and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim the way of salvation. And this she did for many days, but Paul greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out of her that very hour. Father, we come before you, Lord, and as we uh, begin to examine the power that we have over the enemy through your name, Lord, we don't have any power in and of ourselves, but Lord, you've given us that authority to use your name to turn back the forces of darkness and just burn into our hearts, Lord God, the uh, 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 tremendous authority that we have in your name, Lord, and it gives us uh, the victory over all power of the enemy. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so this is the third message that I'm going to speak to you about the name, the name of Jesus, the name above every name, and the, pow the power that it has over the forces of darkness. Mark 16, verse 17, And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. Now this scripture puts in directly into words taught elsewhere in scripture. Namely, that all believers, and not just the clergy, it's not just for me, but it's also for you, we have authority to cast out demons. Luke chapter 10, verse 17, Then the seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Now, I've talked about the meaning behind the seventy. The seventy is, of course, multiples of seven, and uh, seven is the number that uh, symbolizes completeness or universality. Uh, <clears throat> in Luke chapter 9, you have Jesus sending out the twelve, his twelve apostles. And then in the next chapter, chapter 10, he sends out the seventy. Now, I once heard Mario Murillo speak on this subject. I've shared this with you before. And he said that if Jesus had only sent out the 12, he would have said that maybe not everyone in the body of Christ can have a, a miraculous ministry. But then he sent out the 70, the symbol of universality, so all of us can exert miracles in our lives. And with our series here, that means the power and authority over the forces of darkness, the forces of the enemy. 
So that's what those two uh, scriptures are teaching us, is that every one of us has the authority to use the name of Jesus over the forces of darkness. We see this also in that uh, two verses that follow Luke chapter 10, verse 17. Jesus, and it says, And Jesus said unto them, that is the disciples, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority. Now, sometimes that is translated as power, but it's a different word. Power in the Greek is dunamis. That's where we get our word dynamite and uh, dynamo from. Doesn't mean that dunamis of God, that raw power that's exerted. The word there is exousia, which means authority. Behold, I give you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions. And over all the power, the dunamis, the devil has power. He's got dunamis in this world, but we have the authority to tread upon that. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Serpents and scorpions, these are symbols of Satan and the forces of darkness. Remember in the uh, Garden of Eden, who was it that tempted Eve? It was the devil, right? Manifested as a serpent. Two other scriptures you should be aware of. First John chapter 4, verse 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. <clears throat> because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Satan is in this world. He's behind this world system. But we, he who is in us, Jesus is in us, and he is greater than he that is in the world. And I love this scripture too. Psalm 91 verse 13. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra. The young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Once again, these are symbols of Satan. He's called, he's likened to a lion. He said in 1 Peter uh, uh, chapter 5, he said, <clears throat> Be sober, be vigilant, for your enemy the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And we've already talked about the serpent. It says, We will trample underfoot. Now, it, it's significant here that the ordinary rank and file doesn't really appropriate this. Because Psalm 91 is preference. What's the first verse of Psalm 91? Who knows the first verse of Psalm 91? It says that he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You're only going to really have this power and authority when you appropriate it. You do that by dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. Secret place of the Most High is that secret place of prayer. And it is then that you really begin to appropriate that authority over the enemy. Okay, now today I wanted to cover three subjects. First of all, I want to talk about the role of demons in deception, the forces of darkness in deception. 
Second of all, I want to talk about the role of demons in sickness. And finally, the role of the forces of darkness in sin. Now, if you backtrack there to 1 John chapter 4, okay? He prefaces it uh, with, uh, uh, before he talks about greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, he prefaces, prefaces it with verse 1. He says, but, which uh, John writes, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. That was true back in John's day. He was battling a, uh, uh, <clears throat> a particular error that had crept into the church. Certain people tried to marry up uh, the Greek philosophy with the gospel. And it was being watered down and losing its power. That was a, an error that was known as Gnosticism. And uh, if, uh, you know, just by reading John, you find out exactly what was involved in that. They, Greek philosophy taught that matter was evil and the spirit was good. So they said that Jesus Christ couldn't have possibly come in a physical body because that body was evil. And so... John, in the uh, two scriptures before verse 4, he says, By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And that is the spirit of Antichrist. So we need to be discerning. That's what... John is teaching there. Do not believe every spirit because many false prophets, many false spirits have gone out into the world. Okay, so we see that uh, this is the reason why that gift, one of the nine gifts, I've talked about this before. The, one of the nine gifts of the spirit is the discerning of spirits. You have to be discerning. So you have to know when it's God that's talking and when it is the enemy. And truly that necessity is now more than ever. With all the uh, deceptions that are in our modern world through uh, the multitude of cults and religions that are out there to the sin that is so now per pervasive in our modern society. For example, the far left says, oh, we're woke now. We've woke up. So they have their own religion. We might call it wokeism. See, we've woken up now. Before we didn't know that men could get pregnant. But now we know that men can get pregnant. Before we knew what a woman was. Now we don't know what a woman is. You know, uh, that's, that's exactly what the, the uh, 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 Dr. Katenji Brown, I believe that's her name, the latest Supreme Court Justice, I, I, I think she's been confirmed, but she hasn't taken the bench. But they asked her openly, what is a woman? My own, I don't know what a woman is. I got another word for this. In the words of the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 1, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And only a fool is wandering around now saying that men can get pregnant. But this is what we've got. 
we've got this new religion, woke. Oh, we've woken up. We didn't know that men could get pregnant before. Now we know. Well, I hate to tell them this, but men cannot get pregnant. It's not biologically possible. Okay, enough of that. Okay, now the this is talking about outside the church, but even within the church, we have to be discerning. And I wrote down three areas that we need to be discerning within the church itself. First of all, there is prophecies. We're in Assemblies of God Church. We believe that the gift of prophecy is for today. The gift of prophecy, that is, someone will uh, stand up and give a word from the Lord, even using first-person uh, pronouns. It says in uh, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21, Do not quench the Spirit. You know, there's a lot of people in the, the church today that don't believe the baptism of the Holy Spirit and uh, the gifts of the Spirit are for, day, for today. Well, they, you know, uh, the Apostle Paul begs to differ. He says, do not quench the Spirit. Then he says, despise, do not despise prophecies. And then thirdly, he tells us in verse 21 of 1 Thessalonians 5, he says, test all things, hold fast to that which is good. Okay, so the whole thing about this testing all things deals with the gift of prophecy being manifested in the church. He also tells us back in First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 29, he says, let two or three prophets speak. I've always interpreted that to mean if you're going to have the prophecies manifested in church, just restrict it to maybe two or three, because if you do it beyond that, then people start getting confused and uh, they can't remember all of these things that the Lord is allegedly uh, speaking to the church. But then it says, and let the others judge. Judge what? You're to judge whether you feel that that was a valid prophecy, a valid word from the Lord. Second area that we need to uh, be discerning is with preaching. All preaching must be put to the test. And this goes from what is preached from the pulpit this pulpit to what you hear on the radio and TV stations by the preachers that go over the airwaves. Okay? Never accept anything you hear at surface value. You put it to the test. Test all things. Hold fast to that which is good. And I invite all of you to do this. Not only that, I expect you to do it. Especially what's preached from this pulpit. Don't believe it because I say it. Believe it because you can prove it from the Word of God. Can you say amen to that? Amen. I am going to preach you the Word of God as I see it. But that doesn't mean that I'm always right. I'm a fallible human being. So you know, I don't want you to just nod your head and say, oh, that must be true because Pastor Cliff says it. No, you put me to the test. I invite you to do that. You know, now I'm going to preach 
what I believe to be the word of God. And that's my responsibility. And I'm going to be called into account one day for the words that I speak uh, from this pulpit. And, you know, again, there's times I may be wrong. I don't think I'm wrong or I wouldn't be uh, uh, preaching it. And I would never intentionally mislead anyone. I try to preach directly from the Word of God. There's going to be a few things I'm going to say from this uh, pulpit, and I'll be frank with you, they are my opinion. I can't directly prove it, but I believe it to be the truth anyway. And I'll I'll come to those a little bit later on. Okay. Third area is in the area of teaching and what you read in Christian books. Just because you find a book in a Christian bookstore doesn't necessarily mean that everything that's in that is true and from the Word of God. Now, I've I've told you that I'm getting the bulk of my material for this series on the name of Jesus from a book uh, by uh, Kenneth Hagin entitled uh, The Name of Jesus. Now, much good can be gleaned out of his books. However, Kenneth Hagin has his stance with the health and wealth gospel, which I've told you my opinion about uh, before. You know, I don't necessarily believe that if you're poor, that means you're out of favor with the Lord. Or if you're sick, that doesn't mean that you're out of favor with the Lord. Now, because of this, some of the stuff that Hagen says needs to be rejected. But to be fair, Kenneth Hagen hasn't gone off the deep end with his health and wealth gospel like some of the other people uh, that uh, have uh, done it, like guys like uh, Creflo Dollar and uh, Kenneth Copeland. They, they are off the deep end as far as I'm concerned. Okay, now an example of uh, uh, the area that uh, I call into question with uh, Kenneth Hagin is in this next point here, the role of demons in sickness. Now, as an example, uh, Hagin says in his book, he talks about uh, you know people coming forward at the conclusion of his uh, uh, you know one of his messages. Uh, people came forward, and uh, there was a man that came forward that um, had uh, was plagued with these headaches and, uh, uh, and nervousness and an inability to sleep. His uh, wife said also that he had uh, mental problems and had, uh, was on disability. He, he hadn't been able to work for the last uh, six months. And uh, he was even in danger of being put into a mental institution. So Kenneth Hagin said that he prayed for the man. And then uh, the man went over and sat down. And he glanced over again at that man. And he said in the spirit, he saw this demon sitting on the man's shoulder. And uh, this, this small demon, like a monkey, had his arms wrapped around the guy's head like this. So he spoke to that demon directly and cast it out in the name of Jesus. And then the man was free after that. You know, and there, there, in that same chapter, there's about uh, three other instances too where people supposedly were able to look into the spirit world and see these demonic forces that were oppressing people. Now, 
did that really happen? Were these people, was Brother Hagen actually able to look into the realm of the spirit? Well, you know, possibly, maybe, possibly not, too. I don't know. You know, I'm, uh, that, that's his experience and not mine. Another time, you know, when dealing with this uh, uh, role of demons in sickness, it wasn't in the book that I was reading, but I remember reading in another one of his books about a, w a woman that had uh, uh, cancer in one side of her, uh, uh, in one lung. And supposedly he looked in the spirit and he saw this uh, demon there hanging uh, like an imp, he said. And then he cast that out and the woman was uh, cured. Now, again, that he, that's what he's saying. I don't know for sure. I wasn't, I, I'm not in his experience. Okay? But what we do know from scripture is that uh, demons do play a role sometimes, not always, you know, don't go around saying that every uh, affliction and uh, uh, illness is caused by a uh, spirit. Uh, but we do read in the word that sometimes a spirit is involved. Matthew chapter 17, verses 14 through 18. And when they, that is Jesus, along with Peter, James, and John, they had just been up at the Mount of Transfiguration, and uh, everybody is waiting for them to come down, the other disciples, and uh, uh, then the multitude. When they had come down to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him, saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into water. King James Version doesn't say epileptic, it says lunatic. And I was looking that literally the uh, word there means moonstruck. So we would say this man's a, a lunatic. Luna is what? That, that's the Latin word for the moon. You know, so when you see uh, they're lunatic, that's what it means. They're moonstruck. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured that very hour. So I really believe that this is true. Many of the mental illnesses that people suffer are either the result of demon possession or Oppression. Again, how do you know? Well, you need the discerning of spirits. You need to pray for them and just be prepared that if it is demonic oppression or uh, uh, possession, to take authority over that spirit. Now, the epilogue to that story, verse 19 of Matthew chapter 17, Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why couldn't we cast it out? Apparently the other disciples had been trying to cast this spirit out the whole time that he was up there uh, at the Mount of Transfiguration. So Jesus said, because of your lack of faith. And then he concludes it with verse 21. This kind, what do you learn from this kind? It means there's different kinds of demonic spirits. Some are more powerful than the others. What did the Apostle Paul say? He said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, 
but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So there's different kinds, there are different classes of demons. And I'm going to talk about that in a little bit later. But then he concludes, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Now Jesus fasted, didn't he? How long did he fast for? 40 days and 40 nights, right? Okay, so he was fasted up. His disciples weren't fasted up. And sometimes fasting is the only way that you can take authority over this. Now I've talked about this when I talked about fasting. You fast for spiritual power so that you can leave the things of this world behind and get more into the realm of the spirit. Okay, another instance is Matthew chapter 12, verses, verse 22. Then they brought him a demon-possessed man that was blind and mute, and Jesus healed him so that he could both talk and see. So it might be concluded here that when there are physical infirmities, they may be caused by demons. But that doesn't mean that we're to assume that every sickness or infirmity is caused by a demonic presence, because it probably isn't. I don't believe that it's possible for demons to be involved in these sicknesses and infirmities, because Hagen says it. I believe it, because that's what the Word of God says. And who's going to go by the Word of God? You're going to go by the Word of God? Raise up your hand. Are you going to go by what the Word of God says? Okay. Finally, the role of demons in sin. Demonic presence. Now here's my contention. And this, I'm, I'm giving you my opinion, okay? Okay. In my opinion, there are certain types of demonic forces that specialize in different... Uh, different sins, certain sins. This comes from my own personal experience in ministry. Okay? Now, these different sins can be substance abuse, drug addiction, or alcoholism. They could be a uh, inordinate uh, uh, <clears throat> desire for possessions and material things. It's known as the lust of the eyes, according to 1 John chapter 2. Some people suffer from food addictions. Hope I'm not stepping on any toes here. And last of all, there's also uh, <clears throat> the matter of sexual sins. Now, this doesn't mean that you blame these spiritual forces just because you have a weakness in that area. Don't ever go around saying, the devil made me do this. No, you did it because you wanted to do it. Okay? The devil can't make you do anything. You do it because you want to do it. The devil made me do it, that's a cop out. James writes in uh, uh, James chapter 1, verses 13 through 15. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are draw, dragged away by their own evil desire 
and entice. Evil desire, you see evil desire, you know what that means? That means the sin nature that you have. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is first, uh, full grown, gives birth to death. Now remember the three enemies that we have in this life. Who knows what they are? The three enemies. The world, the flesh, and the devil. And I've told you before, there's a progression there. The devil uses the world and the world system and the world's way of thinking to stir up the desires of your flesh and that's what causes you to sin and fall down and these in these areas. Jesus said that we're to be fishers of men, right? Well, here's another opinion that I'm giving you. I, I, I believe that the devil is a fisher of men too. And he starts out as soon as you are born and as you grow older, he will throw out different kinds of bait at you to see what you will bite at. And if you bite at it, then he tries to reel you in and he will use that to control your life. That's what he wants to do. He wants to shipwreck you. The thief comes but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He wants to destroy your life. So you better be sober and vigilant, as Peter told us, because the enemy walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Okay, so he will throw out these uh, items of bait and see, to see what we uh, will bite on. And by that, he gets a foothold in our life and that then he is able to control us. Now I think, and, uh, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot uh, recently. I told you about dopamine. Remember I told you about dopamine? The number of uh, Sundays ago. Dopamine is the pleasure chemical that is secreted by your brain when you start to do certain things, certain kinds of activities that you like to do. So if doing this particular, doing a, a particular activity, it could be also thinking about the particular activity. It could even be watching, you know, watching TV. You know, I, I like to uh, record on my uh, DVR, the old uh, Carol Burnett uh, uh, programs. And uh, this past week they had a skit, you know, I, uh, Dolly and I were watching it last night about this uh, uh, woman that's hooked on soap operas. And, you know, he, she's watching that and, oh, going cry, oh, pray, oh, and cheering on the different characters and everything. And, you know, she's hooked on it. Why? She's watching the soap opera and she gets that chemical, that pleasure uh, chemical, dopamine in her brain. So that's how people get hooked on stuff like uh, soap operas. Okay? So it, the, this dopamine secretion can be anything. You know, it could be from getting high in some kind of substance. It can be uh, uh, watching or looking at pornography. It can be accumulating money or possessions or something like that. It could be eating. You know, the person that's got an eating disorder, what's happening? 
They're eating all these uh, different things and they're getting that dopamine rush from uh, the, the eating. So it can be so many different things. Some of the let's let's get into some uh, uh, specific examples of this substance abuse. Now, you might have a particular, uh, you know, heredity that makes you susceptible to alcoholism, or maybe drug addictions, and you find great pleasure in consuming their drug of choice. And it often runs in families. You know, I've been open and uh, honest with you. I have that weakness for alcohol. That's why I abstain from it. I've got almost 17 years now of sobriety. But I still remember the first time I ever drank. You know, I was 19 at the time. And my friend just turned 21 so I consumed a couple of beers I felt the uh, feeling that the alcohol gave me and I liked that feeling I got pleasure from it now this runs in my family my father's family father's side both my father and and not only my father but both of his parents had a uh, problem with alcohol and I inherited that on the other hand, though, see, my, my sister, my sister Pam, she doesn't really have that problem. You know, she's not really uh, tempted to overindulge in that particular area of her life. You know, she can socially drink and she doesn't get reeled in. So just because you come from a family of alcoholics doesn't mean you have to uh, be that way. You're not necessarily be that way. Now, when these substance abuses, though, become an addiction, it's more than just the addiction to the substance, but it also completely alters your uh, body chemistry. That's why if a person is trying to get free from alcoholism, they suffer from what they call the DTs, and some of them can be really severe. Or if a person's a heroin addict, what happens if they try to withdraw? Then they break out into the cold sweats. They suffer all these withdrawal symptoms. You know, when I was getting free from alcohol, they uh, gave me some Librian, which counteracted the effects of the withdrawal. And the same thing is true with people getting free from an opioid addiction. They give them methadone. Okay? So, other examples of uh, addictions... You know, I've mentioned uh, eating disorders. You know, Pam, my sister, she doesn't have that uh, weakness for alcohol, but she suffers uh, horrendously from eating a di- an eating disorder. You know, one time, she's only five foot one, you know, she's only about this high. And she, at times in her life, she's weighed over 250 pounds. One of the memories I carry with me through life is uh, we would come home from school and uh, Pam would make a beeline for the kitchen and she'd get out these uh, saltine crackers, you know, the ones that four to a square, and she'd uh, smear uh, peanut butter on that and, you know, she'd eat two of those sandwiches. And as a result, even from an early age, you know, she ballooned up. Why? Why did she do that? 
because she got that dopamine rush. She would go into her room, eat the crackers and peanut butter, and uh, uh, just lie there and read books. So that's how she got her dopamine rush. I've never been tempted in that area. So, you know, it's like everybody's different. What about possessions? You ever see somebody that uh, collects uh, things like sports cards or stamps or uh, uh, coins or something like that? They get that dopamine rush when they look over all their collection. Or maybe they've got all these possessions. You know, some people, uh, uh, they're, they're just pack rats. And they just accumulate stuff and they get so much stuff over a period of time. You know what I mean. Or, you know, maybe their bank account. They, they have this swelling bank account, you know. And they look at the, uh, you know, how much they're worth, you know, all of their stocks and bonds and all the, uh, uh, you know, this, this other stuff. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> they get that dopamine rush just by looking at that. What about gossiping? Why do people gossip so much? You ever wonder that? You know, I, I heard this funny saying uh, one time, you know, long ago. It says, don't bother telling people, other people, your problems. Half of them don't care and the other half are glad you got them. You know what I mean? The ones that are glad you got them, you know, as soon as you tell them, uh, tell them this particular thing about you, it gets spread all around. You know, when I was in the Air Force, I had a, uh, my, my best friend, his name was Rob Cosby. We always called him Cause, and he made the mistake of telling uh, uh, this one fellow in our uh, squadron, you know, about this uh, thing that happened to him. And, uh, you know, guess what? Within a matter of hours, everybody in the whole squadron knew it. And I told him, Cause, you know, we called him Cause. I said, Cause, if you uh, wanted to keep that a secret, you made a mistake by telling Jay that, because it was all over the place. Okay. Other people, they're addicted to uh, fame and, and power. You know, and uh, that leads to what the Apostle John calls the pride of life. You know, they go on an ego trip. I once worked with this one man. He was uh, second in uh, kind of command in our team. And when the, the big boss had left, then he was put in charge. And when he was put in charge, then he would go off on this ego trip and he would start talking down to everybody and ordering everybody uh, around. You know, I don't know what, it was, like he, it was like he became a whole different person when he got into that uh, leadership position. Okay, last thing I'm going to talk about is this one. Sexual addictions, and I can't go too much into too much detail about that. We've got some small children here, and this is another one of my contentions, my belief, based on my ministry experience, is that there are dem demonic forces that specialize in this particular area of addiction, and in my uh, experience, they are among the most powerful demonic forces that you, uh, there are. And this is why these sexual addictions are so hard to break. Pornography addiction. 
You know, it's been described as being stronger than substance abuse, stronger than cocaine addiction, stronger than um, crystal meth, stronger than alcohol addiction. It's harder to break free from pornography than these other areas. And it can, these addictions can happen to men and women alike. You know, just recently, within the last uh, month or so, we had, uh, uh, you know, the diary of uh, Joe Biden's daughter came to light. How many of you heard that story? You know, it came to light, and she was talking about how uh, she, was, uh, she had an addiction herself in this area of life. And she attributed it to possibly being when she used to take showers with her father, who is our current president. This is all written in that diary. That's why the, the left was really trying to hard to suppress that. They don't want this stuff getting out. My experience with these addictions is that the more perverted the activity, the harder it is to break. That's why homosexuality, for example, is among the hardest addictions to break. So hard to get rid of. And also, the earlier it starts in life, with addictions in this intimate area of our life, the earlier it starts in life, the harder it is, because the more ingrained it is in a person. And this is why it's so abhorrent that the Democrats right now and the far left see no harm in teaching small ch children about these things. How many of you heard about this website called the Libs of uh, TikTok? Anybody heard about that? Okay, the, the uh, webmaster of that particular website goes out to TikTok. How many of you heard about TikTok? TikTok is a, uh, an application, it's kind of like uh, uh, similar to YouTube. And you load di up different things, and you have these people that are teaching small children these different activities. And it's abhorrent, it horrifies. And you know, this is getting it out in the open out in the open for people to know about what is going on and what some of our children are being taught. Again, if they get hooked at that early age, they find out about this day, uh, uh, these problems, they get hooked, the harder it is when they get later on. And I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, God is not going to permit that to continue. Can he say amen to that? And this nation may be call, called into account for it. Judgment may fall because God is not going to let it continue on. Now, so what amazes me, you know, and this has been pointed out, if these people that are teaching our small children these things, if they'd done that in the workplace, they were li would liable to be, get charged with sexual harassment. 30 years ago, we had a new justice get sworn in. His name was Clarence Thomas. 
And he was accused, you know, the left did not want him. They did not want, he's uh, African-American. The left did not want an African-American conservative to be sworn in on the bench. And so they brought in this woman by the name of, I think it was Anita Hill, is it? What her name was? Anita Hill. Anita Hill was accusing him of talking about the same subjects that these people are teaching our smart, small children. And it was a big deal. They were trying to shipwreck his appointment to the Supreme Court. Well, fortunately, it didn't work. And Clarence Thomas has been one of the best Supreme Court justices that we've ever had. But that got me that what the same thing she was accusing him of is what these uh, these liberals are teaching some of our small children. And this is not right, brothers and sisters. Believe me. Okay. Final thoughts, and then I'm finished. God forbid, brothers and sisters, that we ever reach the place where we no longer feel guilty about these sins, both individually and as a nation. And this is what the liberals are trying to push on our nation right now. Desensitize us to these things. You know, they, this past month, uh, the month of June, was called Pride Month. You heard that? Pride Month. The whole premise behind Pride Month is sinful in itself. Because pride is counted as what? One of the seven deadly sins, right? And so what these people that are, you know, entrapped in these addictions... What they're saying is, I have accepted that this is the way I was made. I, and it's not my fault. God made me this way. Well, I would agree that maybe they had a bent or an affinity to fall down in that area of uh, uh, sin. But it's still a matter of choice for them to make it. I had an affinity, affinity for alcoholism. But I said no to it. And so I know what I'm talking about. They say, I've accepted this is the way I am. In fact, I am proud of the way I am. And I want you to participate in my pride. And if you don't, then you're a bigot. And they're trying to force this upon all different kinds of people. They're doing it with sports teams. Sports teams have got to uh, put that uh, rainbow, uh, you know, motif in with their logo. Shows that they are <clears throat> sympathizing with these people and backing them up in their pride. God forbid, again, God forbid, brothers and sisters, that we become proud of these sins. And I stand in this pulpit and I'm going to preach it. I don't care who doesn't like it. It is sin because God says it's sin. David Wilkerson uh, once preached a sermon that I've listened to maybe a, a dozen times. I used to have an audio tape of it. And uh, yesterday, you know, I was thinking about it. So I went out to the uh, YouTube to find out if I could find that particular sermon. And sure enough, it's in there. 
And you know what the title of this sermon is? Satisfied Sinners. How certain sinners become satisfied with their sin. You know, he uses a couple of really vivid illustrations. I'll just give you one. He talks about this uh, young man, a boy actually, only 17 years old. And they told him about uh, his lifestyle and the, that he was living like a dog in a basement at this tenement house. So he went to see for himself, and sure enough, there was uh, the, you know, he was a heroin addict. There, you know, he was high on heroin, and, uh, you know, he slept on a little pile of rags. And he had a little ca calendar that was uh, two years old, a little candle there and a picture of his mother, and that was home for him. And so David Wilkerson said, look, you know, God can deliver you from this. And uh, so he took the boy home with him to Teen Challenge, gave him a clean bed, clean new pajamas. You know, a couple of his uh, people were uh, sitting up there, you know, uh, uh, praying with him, you know, to help him quit cold turkey from his heroin, you know, addiction. And about 2.30 that morning, you know, David Wilkerson said there was a blood-curdling scream. He went out to the hall and saw this man, young man, Manny, throwing on his clothes, rushing out the door. He found him the next day and said, Manny, why did you run out on me? Come on, come back with me to, you know, because, uh, you know, God can uh, deliver you from this. And Manny told him, no, sir, and I want you to leave me alone. He said, I like living in that rat-infested basement full of cockroaches. I like shooting drugs, you know. I like doing what I am. I'm satisfied just the way things are. And so David Wilkerson used that to show a person that is satisfied living in their sin. And there's so many people that. He talked about homosexuality on that tape. He said only two homosexuals out of a hundred could be helped. Because everybody else was always trying to blame their affliction on their, uh, uh, <clears throat> their other people. You know, their parents. Overbearing mother. Absentee father. This, that, and the other thing. You know, they go to these high... A psychiatrist and a psychiatrist fill them full of these thoughts in the, their head, you know, and they, they're blaming other people for the way that they are. When it, all, the way, all the time, it's like James says, they're drawn away by their lust and enticed. Okay, in conclusion, I've talked to you about this before. If you read Romans chapter 1, the latter part of Romans chapter 1, you have the three stages of Gentile world degradation. First is idolatry, verses one through, uh, 21 through 23. Second is sexual immorality. All kinds of it, including this deviant sex that I'm talking about. And finally, you proceed to a reprobate mind. And in that sermon... David Wilkerson, I've shared this with you before. A reprobate mind. You know what a reprobate mind is? It's a mind that is totally sold out to a lie. And there's all kinds of reprobate minds there. 
I've encountered reprobate minds, you know, when I've talked to Jehovah's Witnesses. They're totally sold out to that lie of the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. And it's especially true right here in these sexual addictions and alcohol addictions. We've probably all known uh, people with reprobate minds. And God forbid that we ever get to that place. Okay? I pray that God will never allow us to get to that state. Okay, I'm done. We've got our... Uh, we've got our uh, pot bless afterwards, so let's wrap up right there. Okay, let's just uh, bow our heads in prayer. Father, I come before you, Lord, and uh, I pray, Lord, I know just about everybody that's here. Lord God, I pray in Jesus' name that we would learn to shun these sins. Because, Lord, we know that the devil uses these demonic spirits, Lord, that are operating behind these different sins. And, Lord, they, he seeks to entrap us, Lord, to pull us down and to give us that reprobate mind where we're totally sold out to the lie. And Lord, I pray in Jesus' name for your freedom, because there's freedom in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I pray for everybody here. I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that we might be free. Lord, if we're bound up with any of these uh, addictions that I've been talking about, Lord, let us be free because we have faith in the name of Jesus. Lord, we know that you can free us from that. In Jesus' name, Lord God. And Lord God, I pray that uh, the enemy would take his hands off of the mind of every person that's here. In Jesus' name, we take authority over you, Satan. We demand that you leave now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the power that is in your name. And Lord, help us to always seek your freedom, Lord God, in everything, Lord. And Lord, if we get discouraged, we keep slipping up in the same area in our lives, Lord. I pray that you'd bring, breathe faith into our hearts now, Lord God, in Jesus' name. And cause us, Lord, to know that we can have victory over these things. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, hallelujah. Praise to the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. I see that uh, looks like Pastor Sandra has left. Uh, is she gone now? Uh, she's, gone. she's gone? Okay. She probably went over there to Canab. Uh, so uh, let's put her at the top of the list here. We uh, worry about her because of that low blood pressure. And I talked to her on the phone today, and uh, she assured me that um, she can feel these bouts of low blood pressure, and she's got uh, medication. But at the same time, you know, she experiences a lot of pain. You know, she's got these pain pills, and the problem is she can't really take them. You know, because and not not drive at the same time. So let's pray for her that God would give her the grace to put up with the pain that she's undergoing and give her traveling mercies back. Okay? Pray also that God uh, would heal her broken heart with uh, Randy's passing. She's getting better, you know, the, the way that I, as I, I see it. She's getting better now. And she's become more accepting of what's happening and really seeking to go 
you know, she's a very strong person. Amen? Thank God for that. You know, a lesser person might really break under the strain. So anyway, pray for her. Okay, other prayer requests? Laura has another eye operation. Getting a uh, stance button in his eyes. Okay. Pray for uh, Pam, Ethan, and Trevi. Okay. John. Okay. John. John and uh, Jackie. With their strokes. Okay, so tuk tukata. Okay, you're 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 tukata. Okay, tukata. She's having chemo. Where where is her cancer? In the in the fat. Okay. 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 Uh, other physical needs in the congregation? Over here. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, let's pray for that because that can cause him problems for the rest of his life. How did, did he separate it or did they not set it right? Or? It was almost touching, so I wasn't healed itself. I just pulled mm -hmm. apart again. Mm, okay. Okay, sorry, Vivian, I didn't see you back over there. I'm looking over this way. Uh, uh, any other physical needs now? Okay. Pray for rain. Who? Pray for the gas prices to go down. They've been going down, but uh, they're talking. I, I heard on the this morning that they, you know, are. are the the prices went down about thirty cents. It was five thirty nine uh, there in Canab, uh, and it's down to five oh nine. But uh, you know, the, I heard on the uh, news, I think either this morning or last night, that they think that that's only going to be temporary. Okay. Um. Other needs? Okay, pray for our nation. Pray for revival. Leadership. And intercessors. Okay, Thailand too. There is no rain here, but 
it has a lot of rain, too much rain in China. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We can use it. Okay, pray for Israel. Pray for Ukraine. Okay. Other prayer requests? Pray for our family and friends. And pray who's got unspoken requests. Raise that hand high. Okay. Okay, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you that you've given us this vehicle of prayer whereby we may communicate with you and make our requests be made known to you. And uh, Lord, I just pray for these uh, uh, requests, Lord, that you would just meet these needs according to your riches and glory. And uh, Lord, uh, give us a uh, touch, Lord God, and uh, help us, Lord, not to be worried about them, but to turn them over to you, Lord, and let you worry about them. First of all, lift up uh, Pastor Sandra. We love her so dearly, and uh, we praise and thank you that she was able to drive herself here. Lord, we pray for that, that journey back, Lord. We know that she suffers horrifically, Lord, when she doesn't have that pain medication, and Lord, she can't take that pain med- medication and still operate a vehicle. So, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you administer to her. And, Lord, also be with Onyx, too. Lord, help Onyx to recover, Lord, from the loss of her sister Coco and also the loss of uh, Randy, Lord. little dog doesn't understand what's going on, doesn't understand why uh, this person and uh, uh, her sister are no longer there. So, Lord, we pray and... uh, for her as well as Pastor Sandra. Pray for traveling mercies, Lord, that she would not experience that low blood pressure driving back there to Hurricane. Lord, it's a long journey for any of us, Lord, but it's especially long for her, Lord. So, Lord, pray for traveling mercies, Lord, that uh, she would not suffer that low blood pressure going back. Pray for uh, Pam and uh, Ethan and... uh, and uh, Trevi, Lord, pray for their uh, digestive problems, Lord God. We pray that you administer to them, give them the strength, Lord, that they need. Lord, pray for uh, Ethan, Lord, in his shortness of breath, Lord. And Lord, that uh, his body would be able to absorb the nutrients, Lord. Pray for uh, Susie's friend Worth, Lord, who's having this eye operation, Lord. Pray that it would be a success and, Lord, that uh, Worth would be able to see normally. Pray for uh, Dolly's uh, friend's husband, uh, John, and also Pastor Sandra's neighbor, uh, Jackie, Lord, to give them strength, Lord, with these debilitating strokes. 
raised them up, Lord God. We pray also for their spiritual well-being, Lord, especially for John, because we don't know if he's he knows you or not, Lord. Pray also for uh, Dolly's friend, Dukata, Lord, that is having cancer treatments, Lord, this chemo. And Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you would give her the strength that she needs. Lord, I pray that you'd help her to overcome the nausea. And Lord, uh, also, Lord, uh, uh, possibly hair loss, Lord. Pray that the chemo would have its desired ef- uh, effect. Lord, we pray for Dukata's uh, soul too, Lord. We pray that she might find you and know you. Lord, I want to pray for Aiden, Lord. Uh, and Lord, uh, it's uh, bad news when we hear that the bone is not healing back right. So Lord, I pray that you would have uh, uh, mercy upon him, Lord. Lord, that the bone would grow back uh, well, Lord, so that, Lord, he would not suffer any permanent damage, Lord, to that uh, uh, wrist. Pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that it would not bother him, Lord. We speak healing to his body now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, we pray for uh, rain. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that uh, you would bring the rain to this region. Lord, uh, we got quite a bit of rain, Lord, uh, initially, but Lord, things have uh, kind of slacked off. So, Lord, we need the rain. Lord, we pray that you'd bless us with the monsoon showers, Lord. Let them not be too great, Lord, that we would suffer floods too. But Lord, we do pray in Jesus' name that we would receive the rain that we need. And Lord, we pray for the gas prices. Lord, uh, pray for the people that are really having trouble paying them. Lord, when they have the choice between paying for their groceries or paying for gas just to get them to and from their place of employment, Lord, pray that you'd minister to them in their time of need. And Lord, this is just a symptom, Lord. What's happening now is a symptom of how far down this nation has fallen. Lord, we never had these problems before. Lord, it's a sign that Satan has taken control over a whole class of our society, Lord God, and they're so deceived, Lord. They're sold out to that lie, Lord. They're, if they haven't reached it already, Lord, they're in danger of uh, becoming repro- people of reprobate minds, Lord. So, Lord, I pray that you would speak truth, your truth to this society in Jesus' name. And, Lord, we know that the only thing that is going to uh, stave off judgment, Lord God, is if we can have a revival, Lord God. It's been over 50 years now, Lord, since we've had a revival. So I pray in Jesus' name that you would revive this people, Lord. Revive the church, Lord. Help us to get serious about things. And Lord, I've been mentioning these addictions. So often we become addicted to different things, Lord, within the church, Lord. And Lord God, we get addicted to video games and watching TV. 
Lord, the other distractions, Lord, the social media, Lord God, that uh, so many of us can get addicted to. And of course, there's the sexual sins, Lord, which are in the church, Lord, and must grieve you tremendously, Lord God. Lord, help us to get right. Help us to repent as a church, Lord, and get back with you. Lord, it's written in your word that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then from heaven you would hear and forgive them of their sin and heal their land. Lord, this land desperately needs healing and it will only happen when us, your church, Lord God, do what Second Chronicles 7.14 tells us to do. Lord, we pray for intercessors to be raised up that will stand in the gap, Lord, and prevent your uh, uh, hand of judgment from befalling this nation, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, raise up intercessors. And Lord, some within this own uh, very congregation, I pray in Jesus' name. Pray the same thing for... Uh, Thailand, Lord, pray that you would help the church there to grow and thrive and be that shining light, Lord, in that nation of thick darkness. Pray for Israel, Lord. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Lord, we pray that you would take care of the Iranian problem, Lord, by either replacing those ungodly rulers that they have, uh, Lord, with uh, people that will do their bidding, and show favor towards your people Israel. Or Lord God, maybe your judgment, hand of judgment needs to befall on them too, Lord, before it becomes too late. But Lord, I pray for the peace of Jerusalem and let Israel grow and thrive and prosper. Pray for Ukraine, Lord. Pray that your church will rise up, Lord. And Lord, I pray that you'd uh, uh, take your people and let them not become embittered towards you, Lord, with all the things that they have to suffer. Pray for our family and friends, Lord. Pray for those that are uh, saved, Lord. And uh, help us, Lord God, as a, a, your people also to speak to them, Lord, and encourage them and help them to not fall into the... Uh, dark path of sin, Lord, which the enemy would seek to lead them astray, and Lord, cause problems in our life, Lord, as we uh, have our hearts broken, seeing them led astray to these different sins, Lord, and help us to exhort them to continue on in the ways of God. Lord, we also pray for our unsaved family and friends, our unsaved loved ones, Give us the words to speak to them. Bring people into their lives, Lord, that are saved and will help them. And finally, Lord, we pray for these unspoken requests, Lord, signified by an upraised hand. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you would meet those needs. And I thank you for this. Watch over.